I recently watched Avatar 2. Remember Avatar? I'm not talking about like the bald little man going around trying to master all four elements, fire, wind, rocks, and and whatever have you. I'm talking about Avatar, the big blue guy. It's the big blue guy with the monkey tail. I just watched it, I think, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, or like whenever it came out. And first of all, the theater was like maybe a quarter the way filled. Secondly, the movie... (laughs) Fuck. The movie itself was so arduous and like long that it's like comparing like to the first Avatar it was like um I don't know if they're planning something like I don't know like how like how they're doing it but it didn't seem like they tried too hard with the second one I mean, Avatar 1 blew everybody's mind of, like, the CGI of, like, how they did everything. And the storyline was really nice with the war. And I don't know if this is actually what they're trying to get to. But I see it as, like, maybe, like, 300 years from now. It's, like, a war between like, going into AI and, like, going into, like, living an actual real life in, like, a video game. I didn't do any research on it, but that's that's what I see it as, and that's what, like, really makes the story really pop for me and, like, really makes me think deeply of, like, how serious it could get. Because, like, they have, like, the mili- like the actual, like, in... In this world and in this time, they have like the military going into the game and interfering with like the life that you live inside the game because it looks like their body, their human body stays in like some sort of like gel type pod or whatever it is. And then your mind is inside of a game that you're like this huge, big blue guy. And you see, like, it does, it it looks like it can get to the point to where it's so serious that it's like not a game anymore because the main character, the guy, it's like he has like a family inside of the game. And it might kind of seem a little bit laughable, but we look at our own lives, our human lives, and we take everything so goddamn seriously when we don't even know what life is. I mean, like, technically, I've been thinking about it a little bit, but it's like, I mean, this could actually be some sort of video game of this life that we're living, that we all take so seriously with our laws and our, like, like Republicans and Democrats and this and that, 
and we take it so seriously that like death is like a taboo like it's like um i find it kind of weird of like how most of my like information of the world is currently coming from like joe rogan he's like a podcaster and it's like it seems that joe rogan is so scared of like everything of like Oh, oh, you know, you're not even supposed to run. You can't go running because it's bad for your joints. It's, it's like, and like, he, it seems like he has like that kind of mentality and that most people have that mentality of like, it's like, um, say like you see like world-class people and people who push it to the utmost limit. Like, like a serious runner. It's like, once they die, it's like, oh God, Oh, he used steroids, he used drugs, and now he's dead, and that's so sad. And it's like, we almost act as if we don't push the limit, as if we don't use the steroids, as if we don't use the drugs, we're not going to die. But it's like, we are all going to die, and it's a very natural process, and you really shouldn't, like... It's like, like, I mean, I guess you can be like, like, you know, normally sad about, and also I do want to say like, you know, like personally, I don't, I mean, I guess I support the use of drugs and steroids, but personally I don't use drugs. I don't use steroids. <clears throat> Obviously if you use, if you watch my YouTube channel, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't look like I use steroids, but, um, it's like this this attachment to this world and the sadness that we feel. It's kind of sad. Like if you see a person who's pushed it to the limit and they are at the pinnacle of like their career. And then, yeah, it's kind of sad because, you know, they put all that work to like build something and now they're gone. It's like it's like it's like it's like they're gone. So so so. So, like, I don't know. I think death is just more like tr like transitioning into a different life. But getting back to the Avatar, Avatar number two, apparently there's going to be five Avatars. There's going to be Avatar one, the, the very first one that really blew everybody's mind and really did um, do what it was supposed to. But my personal opinion on Avatar 2, honestly, I wouldn't even go see it. I wouldn't spend the money. If you haven't seen Avatar 2, it was just so... It was alright. It was alright. Um, I would say, oh, spoiler alert, but obviously you see the title of this podcast. Obviously, if you, you already know there's going to be spoilers. But it's like, when they're like meeting the water people... Like the, they're, they, the blue guy, the one that the avatar that everybody knows, they're like the tree people inside like the forest. But then in this movie, it, I guess the entire movie is to introduce the, um, water people, the water people. And they got like that big ass tail where they can like swim underwater and that part was pretty cool, you know, like meeting those people. But I think like the 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 war aspect of it, 
and him fighting the same guy again was kind of arduous because it was just like I was like fuck I was like watching this movie but like like I was saying I'm wondering if they did that on purpose maybe they knew that this Avatar movie wasn't going to draw the biggest audience so maybe they're putting all their efforts into maybe number three or number four or number five. And this one, they just kind of kind of zoomed by it because they knew maybe like, like, I don't know, maybe it is part of their plan, but what kind of scares me? What if it wasn't? And because like, that's kind of weird that they made that public information of how there's going to be a number one, a number two, a number three, a number four, and the final one, the number five. I think number five is like coming out in like 2030 or something or, or something like that. And the, the, on, the only thing that bums me out about like the storytelling and the movie is that when I see, you know, like these huge companies, you know, they're they're making number one, they're making number two, and then they're making number three. And in the very first one, they make it absolutely amazing. And then for the second one, they kind of just glaze over everything and they just try to get it as fast as possible to get to number three. And then in number three, like, it just, like, you kind of lose all of that fire, all of that flame. Because how it should be, and this is not my personal opinion, this is the truth of filmmaking, of that number one should be absolute, it should be perfect, it should be, like, put all your energy into number one, and then you should put all of your energy into number two, make sure that two makes sense, make it as good as as you possibly can, get the best people in the world on it, and then do the same for number three, and then make number three the ending, like, the most amazing thing that you couldn't even possibly think of. Like, make number three the ending, like, absolutely, like, a bomb goes off in people's minds. Of, like, it was so, like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, I couldn't have even thought, like, you know, to get that audience, to get that buildup. You know, like, the number one is, like, 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 it, it, it should be, like, um, like, the stages of a rocket. You know, like when we see it like take off on on our planet, right? It's like absolutely amazing, but it doesn't slow down. It's like once it gets to the movie number two, it gets faster, and the number three, it gets to the third, and then it gets to his destination. Like, but like I was kind of, I don't know what what their plans for number three, number four, number five is going to be, but I think that they could have. If I was the 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 writer or the director, I would have like went more into explaining like the history of the water people. 
and maybe like like explaining a little bit more because like and then like there was like this big whale thing and then the water people could speak to the whale things and then there was like a huge group of the whale things that came and visited the water people and then apparently one of the water people's the water people's queen was like a sister with one of the whales that came in the huge pack of the people or the huge pack of the whales and then they left and then there was one whale who was like like a an outcast because like apparently like it did something i would have went more into like how they lived and maybe they had some sort of past with the tree people or like like and like like i don't know like i think the the war aspect and the fighting of it like kind of took over and like it was like so drawn out and it was like so long i was like sitting in the theater i saw two people actually leave before the movie was done like <laughs> like like i mean i think like the greatest films of all time are like they push it to the point where they are like fully like running out of money like they are scraping by to get the most clear beautiful picture of the movie and they are spending like what i'm seeing in my career in my job is like these people are spending weeks to get like four minutes like four minutes of like a scene that kind of ties together scene number 348 and th and scene number 350 and scene 349 is like is taking like weeks like i'm talking like six weeks or something to get four minutes of explanation to tie 348 to 349 and then on to 350 but it's like i don't think like i don't know avatar was uh Oh, I would give it maybe like a three out of ten. Yeah, I'll give it like a like a three out of ten. Avatar number two, it didn't really amaze me. It didn't blow my mind. Obviously, like I mean like obviously I like I stayed through for like the entire theatrical cinema movie, but like I mean, <laughs> seeing those two people walk out was like, ooh. I was like, yeesh. You know, like, coming from, like, a person who makes YouTube videos, obviously, like, you know, people don't, like, sit there and for, like, the majority part, like, watch my videos from the beginning to the end. Because, like, right now, right now I'm on break. I am on break, and I'm trying to figure out, like... Is it even worth it to, like, you know, do YouTube? 
So like I'm trying like a- like actually asking myself really deep questions of who who am I? What should I be going for? What is going to be the best for me? What is going to be the best for humanity? Should I sit back and try to become more of a normal person and kind of relax, stay low key, not try to become famous, you know, fly away under the radar with my life? You know, should I should I go with that path or should I go with the path of big, nice, shiny things and Lamborghinis and Bugattis and McLarens. I remember when I went down to San Diego and I was deeply, I was, you know, like that was during the time when I was in like medication and I was like on medication from the car accident that the doctor prescribed to me. And like I had my 2015 Ford Fusion and I drove down to it it was like an amalgamation of five different um, car dealerships, which was Bugatti, Bentley, McLaren, Lamborghini and Rolls Royce. And it's like it's like it's like an outlet mall with those vehicles and you walk inside and like in the main like living room area there is like 30 different high class um vehicles and of course me being me like of course like you know, I tell people I want a Lamborghini Aventador LP750 Super Veloz which is you know a $400,000 vehicle Um, and you know, I went in there and I was shocked to see how nice they were to me. Um, one of the head salesmen, like he almost reminded me of Jordan Belford, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street guy, (laughs) like, you know, like, (laughs) like a little bit on cocaine a little bit like kind of there but on the professional level and like you know they they came out and they were talking to me and everything like that and we were chopping it up and everything like that and I was there for a good maybe an hour 45 minutes like an hour and 45 minutes or so and one of the things that I'll never forget is that they pulled out a McLaren and they left the, the engine on. Keep in mind, I'm tweaked out on medication at this time. And like, you know, I was like on the come down process of like getting off these medications and they pull out this McLaren and like it, it's got like the butterfly doors, like where it goes straight up. And <laughs> they leave it on. It's like, like doing all that shit and like I sit on it and you're basically sitting on the ground like this thing is so low and I close the door and I'm looking at it I'm looking at like the little tiny screen in the middle and like the the um the steering wheel 
And I forgot what I was saying. I was just like, oh, I want to trade. I want to trade my car in for um, this uh, a Bugatti. I was trying to get the Bugatti. And like, you know, like we we're all kind of joking, you know, like a little bit like that. But then I remember like they called this guy down to come there to talk about the Bugatti. They called this happened in real life. They called the guy down to see the Bugatti. And I remember he yelled at everybody like he screamed at everybody. But it wasn't kind of a yell of like, you know, kind of like a wake up and be serious. It wasn't that kind of yell. It was just kind of like a yell of like a man. And like we were all just kind of joshing around and everything like that. And then after he left... You know, they put the McLaren away and I'm walking around and um, everybody kind of went into their like little um, offices and I was there like by myself and like I open up one of the um, Rolls Royces, the passenger side, I open the door and I just go and I sit in it and I close the door and I'm just sitting there in a Rolls Royce and like it had like, like a, a sheep I'm not sheep, like a, a, like a very soft, like for, for the floor mats, they were like super soft. And then like, I got out and I went over, I looked at the Bugatti one last time. And, uh, prior to this, I already took pictures of everything and I gave all five companies, obviously like a five star. And I explained to them, I believe that you can actually go look on Google maps. If you type in, uh, Bugatti or Bentley of San Diego. I think you might see Paul Frazier's review of like, you know, how they treated me, how, you know, I'm just a normal person and, th and they treated me with such great respect. And like, they showed me around or, or like whatever I said, but, um, kind of, kind of, kind of tying into what I wanted to kind of do with this conversation of what I wanted to of the avatar one, two, three, and four, it's like with the companies, it's like the McLaren, the Bugatti, they are all the pinnacle of the best that a human being can possibly like build or like make. And, you know, with avatar one, they brought you the McLaren. And then with number two, they brought you like a Honda Civic. You know, maybe like a newer Honda Civic, but I mean, like it's a fucking Honda Civic and like you were expecting, you paid for, you know, like you were hoping to see a Bentley, but then you saw this Honda Civic and you're like, what the fuck? You're like, what the hell, man? And how this personally affected me was like, you know, like I'm like learning of, of, <laughs> of, of. <laughs> <laughs> like in the upcoming years to like <laughs> try harder, like try a little bit harder with my YouTube channel. Like I'm going to try a little bit harder, but like I like everything in my nervous system tells me not to try harder because of what I went through in my past. And like YouTube was the, the, the problem of everything. YouTube showed me Logan Paul and Logan Paul was the pinnacle. Logan Paul was not movie making, but vlogging of exactly what I believed that it should be.
I wanted to tune in to Logan Paul's videos every single time that he uploaded. Like, there were some days where I would check, like, three times. Like, oh, did he upload today? Did he upload today? Like, like I wanted to see what he was doing in Hollywood when he was living in that, um, what was it, $15,000 a month or whatever it was for, like, that um, when he was living at the, w- the W and him going around and then him buying the, the Yeti of that, the, the, the G wagon, the four by four squared. I'm like, that is what vlogging is supposed to be like. Extremely controversial. And and like, I felt it of like, you know, Oh, it's controversial. You know, Logan Paul is, it's like, what did he do? Like, what did he do wrong? Like, I felt that in my life is just like, I would do these things. I would be trying to get these. It's like, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not going and smashing some random business person's business of the windows. I'm not graffitiing. I'm not slashing some time. Oh, oh, in today's video, I'm going to go ahead and fuck somebody's. I'm not doing anything like that. But the response from the public felt like I was doing that. Like as if I was like hurting somebody when I'm just trying to, you know, have fun, you know, make a a YouTube video. (laughs) And like, (laughs) like when you look at Logan Paul, it's like, what did he do wrong? It's like, he didn't do anything wrong, but everybody hates him. I mean, I personally never hated him, but, um, but it's like people would hate him because he was so good. You know, like, even if you think of Jesus, it's like we murdered him. And what did he do wrong? It's like you're supposed to murder people who do stuff wrong, right? But he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he did the opposite. He was doing good for everybody. It's like he was doing good for everybody. And, like, the good that I took from Logan Paul was... That, like, he he caused me to get off my ass. He caused me to, to get up and try every single day of, like, that's what I want to do. You know, like, you even think of, like, Aristotle and Plato. It's like, I believe that Aristotle was the student of Plato. Or maybe I'm having that backwards. But it's just like, when you want to do something, when you are born to do something, in my case, like, making videos, you have you have to learn from somebody so you can do it the correct way and not even just do it the correct way, but eventually somehow bring it to the next level. And it's, 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 it's incredible. It's incredible how, how, how that works because, you know, you go to the teacher and you finally get it and the teacher is somewhat proud of you, right? But then you start doing it a new way, a much more efficient way. Say like if you were fishing, right? You're caveman and you're just learning how to fish and you're catching one fish a day. 
And like, you're like, how do you do that? You go to somebody, you go to the teacher. How do you do that? And like, he teaches you, you have to get worms from the ground. And you're like, what the fuck? That's kind of weird. But like somehow, you know, they go digging and they get the worms. And then you have to like make this little hook thing that will get and you put the worm on there and then you get the stick and then you get the string and then you cast it out and you catch a fish and you got it and like you as a student you don't know how the fuck like you're you like you're you're like four months in and you haven't caught one fish but eventually you catch one and the teacher's like, you're doing it. You're getting it right. That's how you do it. And then you come back the next day and it's not working out. You come back the next week and you did it again. And eventually you you crack the code. You you finally, you actually learn something. You, you, you get it. You know how to do it. But then you as the student... You're like, wait a minute, the goal is to get the fish, right? The goal is to get the fish. But I can see the fish in the water, and you just, you make a net. You make a 10 by foot, 10 by foot net, and you bring your master, you bring your teacher 15 fish in one day. And and at first, he's excited for you, but then he looks at you in the eye and he gets scared of like, this is blasphemy. How did you do that? No, that's, that's against the Lord. That's wrong. And then it's time for you to break away from your teacher and build a bigger net. And then eventually you're feeding villages. And then once you become successful for a long enough period of time, then the teacher can come back and say, oh, I never doubted you and this and that. But in my, like, like zoning back in, getting more realistic for a second with my life, finding a teacher Finding a teacher. I, I, I believe, I do believe that it is not necessary anymore to have like an actual human being teacher because the vast amount of information out there. And my problem is, is decide, is, is making the decision. Recently, I had some sort of revelation. Recently, I had some sort of epiphany. And I told you guys, <sighs> that I am seriously messed up in my brain I'm not because I look at my life of what I've done and I realize there is nobody in my circle it is me myself and I it's just me and 
I kind of want to take a statement from Jordan Peterson, who is a very intelligent man. And it's like, if you look at your life and you see what you did, it's, it wasn't them. It was you. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe he is right. You know, m maybe, maybe I am the source of all my problems. But it's so weird because, like, I have such a clean slate. You know, I have my apartment. I have my apartment, and it's my apartment, and I don't have any sort of roommate. And it's just me working my job and my truck. So there's, you know, there's no girlfriend there's no friend. There's nobody to call. There, there is no, there's nobody. There's nobody at all. And it's just a nice clean slate. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it because I look at like insanely rich and famous people and all of them have wives and kids. You know, the kids are the, really the kicker. Because, like, even even if, like, say you have, like, a $2 billion in the bank. And you don't have kids, but you were married to this lady. Things aren't working out. And you get a divorce. She gets a billion and you get a billion. You can grow back from that. But it's like, once you have children... It's not the fact of like, you're going to, you're going to be tied to this woman and to these kids for the next 18 years. It's not that because like, if you look at like a situation like me, all in my well, 2022, sorry, when I was 22 years old, 23 years old, I was having problems. I was like, you know, having to move back in with mom and dad and this and that. It's just like, once you have kids, they might have fuck ups and they might, you know, go out into the world like I did. And I said, I'm going to kick ass. And then you realize, you know, the world is a lot bigger opponent than you thought. Than you thought. And you get your ass kicked and you get knocked to the ground and you have to move back in with mom and dad. It's like you are going to take care of these children who are going to grow up 18 years later and then be 20, 25 years old. And then they move back in. It's like, you are tied. Like, I mean, having like accidentally having children is the ultimate like checkmate for like a woman. And that's why I am so opposed to people having children before they're 30. Because they think 30, oh my God, that's so old. I'm going to be so... It's like, no. At the age of 30, you have to realize that you're almost still acting like a teenager. At the age of like 30. So it's like, it's... I mean, 35 is like at the age to where I think that you, you have enough smarts to think of like, you know, like, but what kind of trips me? I was like, why do people have kids? It's like, oh, you think, 
You think we're going to run out of people? Like, not enough people are making kids? Like, there are going to be billions of people fucking and making more kids. Okay? Like, you don't need to be one of them. We, we need to slow that shit down because there are, like, I live in Los Angeles and it is packed corner to corner with people every single day. We are not going to run out of people. Ever. Ever. Like, th that's fine. So, like, I don't understand why people... Because we need the entertainers. We need the people who can fully devote their entire lives to a craft. Because that's the only way that you can break out of the mold. That you can go and do something astonishing. Become a master at your craft. Because like even with YouTube videos, it's like, say, say like... You make a beautiful YouTube video. Just a beautiful, amazing vlog that is hilarious. You engaged with the audience and they responded. <laughs> like, you make, like, the perfect, like, 10-minute video. It's just 10 minutes of hilarious. And, you know, like, right at the end, you come in with that punch you know you come in with that oh that hilarious that causes a viewer to re-watch the video like five times in a row and say that video say for averaging like two to ten views a video and that video gets like fifty thousand or something you can take that video and then study it of like, why did this work? Like, how, how did I do that? Now, this is where some people go horribly wrong. Because they tried to remake that video over and over and over and over and over and oh my god, it's not working again. Wrong. Incorrect. You, you, you're fucking up. When you get a video that goes viral for the right reasons. I'm not talking about an accident where like somehow it fell into the algorithm of Google and YouTube and it just randomly got like a whole bunch of views. Like how I accidentally did. I have a video on my YouTube channel, which is Paul Frazier. It's just Paul Frazier. You'll find it. And it has like 20,000 views and it's just me showing my, like I bought some new Ray-Bans and it's just me showing like, and like that was an accident. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about a video that you create that is actually good. That is like <laughs> such an insult to me. That is like the hardest thing for me to do is for me to make a good video.
I'm not talking about great video or an astounding or excellent video. I'm talking about just a good video. I'm talking about a video that someone wants, like, wants or needs to, like, rewatch one time. When, when I can make a video that over the next couple of months that somebody can rewatch a video, like, 400 times, like, I'm trying to get to that level. I'm trying to master making good videos, you know, which is almost impossible to me because why are my videos so bad? I think the reason why my videos are so bad is because how nervous I get when I'm in public. And then I start getting frustrated. And when you show frustration, when you show an angry face to and you look at the camera, the person logs off. They're gone because you you looked at them very funky. And and when I get out in public, because I have nowhere else like I can't I can't make like a lot of YouTube videos in my um, apartment because it's so embarrassing. Like is, is, is cause like, like I'm just so loud. Like I'm so loud and I'm like, well, uh, welcome back to another episode of Dan Lock Palmer's Ball. Like it's just so loud. It doesn't sound like it like over the phone, but like I am loud and then people are going to get very curious. And like once, like, you know, people get it's so weird because people get like very suspicious of me and then they're just looking at me and then they try to talk to me and then like I don't let people inside the circle. It's like if I'm not going to call my mama, I'm not going to call you. I literally have like two contacts in my phone. So. So, I mean, the struggle is real, my guy. Like it is, it is actually very, very, it is very difficult to actually get good at something. It is so very difficult, especially like when there's like no absolute way to do something. Like say if you're playing soccer, like there's like a certain way of like where you can train to where you basically just need to get as fast as you possibly can and know the rules of the game. But YouTube is like, it's like the, it's like the old time Western times of like where there is no laws, like, and there's no certain way to like make a YouTube video and you just kind of have to figure it out. And I, Unfortunately, my brain believes that I need to be a YouTuber as my career because my job right now is security. And what I really do like about me as a uh, as a person, as a personality, is that I'm like I'm not like I see like a lot of other like small YouTubers and like they're that's all that they have, you know, like how I was back in like 2017 of like where you don't have a job and you're just 
betting everything on YouTube that you become a YouTuber. But for me, what I really do feel secure with myself is that I have my job being a security guard. I have my actual real professional like life to where, you know, I am the 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 home homeowner was it called the household owner the the head of the household to where you know like you know i'm not i'm not like really struggling like there's not like a a lot of money that goes you know but like it's to the point where i'm not like i don't ever have to think about like taking out like a loan to like pay my bills or something like that. Like I'm not overextended to, you know, like where I live in North Hollywood, which is Los Angeles and I can pay my rent. It's not no government housing. It's just a normal ass apartment. I got a pool, you know, and I can pay my rent just as a normal human being. I can pay for all of my bills and, and everything's Gucci right now, you know, and like now I'm getting my sleep. It's like I actually have like a like a, a normal professional life. And then in my free time, I'm trying to pursue, which is the only word that I can come up with is a hobby. You know, I can pursue my what I want to be my career, which is like YouTube. Although I'm not really pursuing it right now because I'm kind of on break. I gave myself a vacation. I gave myself a vacation. The VA to the cation. I gave myself a vacation from YouTube because I don't think I've ever taken a break from YouTube from ever when I started when I was living in the back of my parents' house inside of a tent. Could you imagine I was that crazy? You had to put the... You had to put the dog out in a tent. Like, I was just going batshit crazy. I just could not get it together. Oh, well, I mean, I guess I kind of did get my shit together. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, is that my shit is together. Is that like I got my shit together, and yes, yes, I did, like from homeless to when I was like living out of a duffel bag. I was living out of a duffel bag in Los Angeles and Van Nuys, eating out of trash cans, and I used the government system, which was the EBT card, getting that money to survive because it was like crazy to you know. Uh, having to move into the transitional housing and then and then you know that's crazy that I really could have if I like I could have like what really shocked me you know when I went to jail for the Logan Paul thing I had to be in a halfway house for 90 days that's how the court thing went down for the $20,000 bail, the, the judge, he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, all right, we're going to put you in transitional or sorry. No, we're going to put you in a halfway house, which is basically jail. You got a curfew, you know, you got to be inside the house by 11. 
Doesn't mean hanging out in the front by, you know, 1101. It means you got to be in the house and then you go to sleep. And so it's basically jail, but you can leave and then come back. But the thing is, is that they are observing you of that. Are you just going to be in the system forever? So I did the 90 days, but the thing is, it was so weird of that. You literally just pack up your stuff and then you're just back out on the sidewalk. And I was like, Oh no, I was like, Oh no, you know? And then that's where, you know, like I did, you know, I got my EB like during that 90 days, I got my EBT card back and everything like that. And I went to Walmart, I bought me a tent and I was just living inside of a tent on the sidewalk. And, um, I think that this is kind of a lie that I'm telling you, but it's just like, I'm, I am like really glad that I did go through all that because like, I remember one thing that I told my mom before that she really didn't understand is that I'm just like, mom, I think that I actually have to like go through the situation to actually understand it, which I think is very true because it's like you have it like in your luggage now, like, you know, I could tell you (laughs) this. Yes, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. I could tell you, Hey dude, make sure that you go ahead and you look right and you look left and you listen before you cross the road and you're sitting there. I was like, what right or left? You start with the left, this and that. And then like you go into the street and then you get hit by a car and then you go through the whole system of like, you know, you go to the hospital and this and that. And then the next time that you're crossing the road, you're like, Oh, just make sure that there's not a car barreling towards you before you go across the road. And then the next time that you go across the road, you look, you just look around, you look left, you look right and you listen and it's quiet. And then you cross the road and then you get to where you got to go. And, and the thing is, is that if I just tell you look right and then look left and then listen, if you don't actually like understand why you do it, I don't think that, I don't think that that's, it's, it's, it's fake. It's just fake. But if you actually, you like, oh, I actually got hit by a car and actually know why I actually know why I look left and I look right and I listen before I cross the road. I know why, and I don't have to keep on getting hit by cars. I know because I did get hit by a car. So, like, my philosophy is, like, I think I actually have to, like, go through some things to understand the situation, uh, to understand, like, this world. It's like I actually have to, like, get punched in the face to know why and how to block that punch. So yeah, Avatar 2 was uh, 3 out of 10.